You know, what chefs want, some people still call it creation gardens, but what chefs want has been, was our first advertiser on the show. Uh, Monty Crawford saw what we we're doing. He goes, I want to be part of it, dude. I love it. And I just, I love that. They're so perfect because they work with locally owned and operated restaurants better than anyone. And let me tell you how they do it. No minimums, no fees, no fuel surcharges, no surcharges anytime. They deliver seven days a week. They have 24-7 customer support. You can call, text, chat, email anytime from anywhere. Or you can reach them at 502-587-9012. They have a diverse line of products. Their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh product daily. What Chefs Want is the perfect addition to any broadline company as they've got all of your fresh produce delivered daily, plus custom meats, anything that you need that your broadliner can't get. Give them a call, 800-600-8510, or visit them at whatchefswant.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. We are powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. Super excited to be coming at you on a Sunday afternoon. This is the Monday show, but I'm putting it out on Sunday afternoon, and if you were a subscriber, you would know that because you'd get the notification, and if you follow me, at Nashville, at Brandon underscore NRR. I always post on that account when I do cool stuff. When I post stuff up because it's not the main account, I'm going to put the big post tomorrow morning about this episode today with Brian Lee Weaver. I am so excited to put this out there. After my Bad Luck Burger Club interview last week, we all went to Redheaded Stranger. And uh, Brian wasn't there. He's like, man, I missed out on seeing you guys. So well, why don't you come in studio? Let's have a conversation. So Bam. Here it is. Uh, he came in this week and we had a fantastic conversation. I love the part of the conversation where we talked about kind of the similarities between being a musician and being a chef and how he creates his dishes from Butcher and Bee to Redheaded Stranger to his brand new location that is going to be coming soon in East Nashville. He gives you all the details in this episode. So much fun. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Want to tell you, if you love Mexican restaurants, and I'll tell you, I have my favorite Mexican restaurant, and I'm going to tell you my favorite restaurant is El Agavero in Bellevue. It is fantastic. It's tucked away back behind the Bed Bath & Beyond, but Juan and uh, Sergio and all the guys over there, they're amazing. They're my favorite uh, Mexican restaurant in the city. I also love Tito's, and I love Cancun, and on the border, all of my local Bellevue places. But I know that you have a favorite Mexican restaurant, and we are partnering with Net Checks. Uh, Net Checks is going to be, we're going to be putting out a 64 team bracket. And in this bracket, we are going to have Mexican restaurants from all over Middle Tennessee. So if you're in Mount Juliet, you're in Hendersonville, you're in Columbia, Spring Hill, Franklin, Nashville, anywhere, and you want to make a nomination for your favorite Mexican restaurant, hit me up at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio on Instagram. Just send me a message and say, hey, check out this place in Hendersonville. It's called whatever. Let us know because this is going to be coming out the last week of July. It's going to be live. And the winning Mexican restaurant is going to get a special party thrown at their location 
on July 15th. And of course, the title of best Mexican restaurant in Middle Tennessee. I have a feeling like this is going to get very, very uh, heated as everybody is passionate about their favorite Mexican restaurant. I know that I am. I'll be voting for El Aguavero. You should vote for El Aguavero too because they rule. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're super excited to partner with NetChecks on this and uh, they are doing a damn good job to get this done. September 16th is Mexican Independence Day and it's a Friday. It's also my anniversary, but we're going to be calling, uh, we're going to be having a party on the 15th at the winning restaurant. We're going to have mariachi band and all kinds of cool swag. We're going to invite you all out to come celebrate the best Mexican restaurant in the city. So there you go. So if you own one of those restaurants, also send me a message, let me know, and uh, make sure that you are promoting it as this contest goes along. Lots and lots of good stuff there. We are going to be bringing back Brandon's Book Club for the month of August, but we can start it now. We're going to be doing The Comfort Crisis with from Michael Easter, and this book is just amazing. It's a book about getting out of your comfort zone, all of the things that we do every single day that you just... We've gone through so many life experiences now that we know what we don't like and we know what we do like. And we tend to stay in this little bubble. Throughout this book, it talks about stepping outside of that bubble and learning new things and how it affects your life. And I'm so excited to read this with you, to continue to go over it. And then the discussion at the end of the month. Uh, We're going to be providing the actual books for you. More details coming as we get closer to August. Just wanted to give you a heads up. If you're looking for a fun book club to join, Brandon's Book Club will be here, and it is going to be a ton, a ton, a ton of fun. So here we are. It's going to be hot as hell this week, and uh, we're excited that you're with us. We are going to have a brand new, we're doing a pop-up podcast. Okay, so restaurants do pop-ups, and I meet people all the time, and I say, well, yeah, I've got this little podcast I do, and they go, oh, man, I want to do a podcast, and so I've met some really, really interesting people, and one of those people was Kayla Ellis. Kayla Ellis is the beverage director from the Oak Steakhouse as well as Oku. She has 32 other restaurants in that group, by the way, and she's a badass, and I loved our interview that we had uh, just a month and a half ago with Kayla Ellis on the show, so go back and listen to that show because she is going to do a six part interview series. It is called The Gospel of Cocktail with Kayla Ellis. It's going to be her podcast. She's going to be popping up. This show will come out on Wednesdays for the next six weeks. So get ready because in a couple days, we're going to have our first episode of The Gospel of Cocktail with Kayla Ellis. And I'm so excited to share the perspective of bartenders and people who work in the bar system and just cocktail knowledge. So if you don't, you want to kind of get into that space, she's going to be talking about it. And I'm so excited to have her do this in studio. She is such an amazing, amazing person. And she's so fun. If you're out there, hey, look, I I think I should do a podcast. I want to do a pop-up. We're going to be doing these six-week runs. I'm going to be introducing you to new people. Uh, Maybe these things will catch on, but right now we've got just six at a time. So if you want to do your own podcast and you want it to be broadcast over the Nashville Restaurant Radio Network, give me a call or message me. Let me know, and maybe we can talk about it. If it's something that sounds interesting, maybe I'll give you a shot. All right, so at Brandon underscore NRR on Instagram. Give me a follow. Go follow that. Go follow Nashville Restaurant Radio. Go follow Brandon's Book Club. And of course, the Nashville Restaurant Alliance is coming out. I got a lot of follows for you. Got a lot of irons in the fire. Good stuff going on. 
Okay, I'm like sweating. I've gone through so many things here. Holy cow. All right, well, we're, we're ready to get going with this fun, fun episode with my super good friend, Brian Lee Weaver. Super excited today to welcome in Chef Brian Lee Weaver to Nashville Restaurant Radio. How you doing, Chef? I'm doing great. First time we've done an interview in person. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to not be on a Zoom call. Yeah. Seriously, I had um, we just did the Bad Luck, Bad Luck Burger Club, and Eric Cacciatore from Restaurant Unstoppable texted me, and he said, "Dude, how great is it doing interviews live?" And yeah. I was like, "It's a it's a horse of a different color." Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not like a video person, so it's been weird from the get go doing Zoom stuff, and now I'm like, I'm just I want to leave that behind. <laughs> yeah. Know? I'm so happy to leave it behind. Yeah. Every once in a while, if I get like a chef in California or something, I can pull it off, but I, I definitely prefer not to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it makes sense, but if we're both in Nashville, like, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I went back and listened. We did a show on October the 11th. It was like a 15 minute interview. I was asking you about Audrey because that had just, just the friends and family. And then you were going to dinner that night at Yolan. Mm -hmm. How was that dinner? Yolan was great. Yeah. We sat at the bar. Um, uh, Tony was there. He took us around, showed us the kitchen. Um, we kind of ate a little bit of everything. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. I love the pasta there. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And I think Tony's a big fan of the bees. So he was happy we were there. So since we've talked also, um, and I'll finish the, the way that we finished the last episode. As you said, hey, maybe there's another restaurant coming. Yeah. I'm hoping to get an update on that. Mm -hmm. And yep. then, um, what was it? I just, my brain has just went blank there. Let's jump into the next restaurant. Do you have another restaurant on the way? I do, yeah. Uh, we don't have a name yet, so I can't tell you the name. But we do have a concept. We have a location. We're starting design work, stuff like that. Um so where's the where's where's it going to be located? So we're going to be pretty close to uh, Redheaded Stranger on uh, Dickerson. Okay, there. Um, it's an old Piggly Wiggly grocery store. That's a big space. Yeah, we're not taking all of it. They're kind of splitting it up. Okay, I was like, wow, you're going to be in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, the the bones of it feel similar to Butcher and Bee. Like it's got kind of some exposed beams and like old. Um, you know, there's like there's like wood. There's concrete. There's cinder blocks like there's glass there's some like clouded glass that looks really cool so we're going to try to keep some of the elements nice. of what's there um it's also going to be uh philip Krajak is opening a place in there and um i think the people from old glory the bar over here what's the building called um i don't know if it has a name really <laughs> it, i'm sure it does but i don't know what it what they're calling it I heard about this project. I saw I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's going to be a, a flower shop in there too, which is should be cool. Um, yeah. They were in East Nashville. Their uh, shop got messed up by the tornado. So it's uh, it's going to be nice to see them in there too. How is uh, East Nashville doing right now? As a, as a ambassador for East Nashville, you got everything going on in East Nashville. You live in East Nashville too, right? I do, yeah. I'm like kind of between the B and Stranger, so... Can we get a uh, East Nashville update from you? Yeah. Just of how's the general, how are people doing? How's it going? I think people are doing good. I mean, you can still see signs of kind of rebuilding and what happened. Um, it's nice to see, though, like Smith & Lentz open back up. Attaboy's obviously doing well again. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go 
kind of down the pathway of it, you can see a little bit of the stuff still going on, but, um, you know, and some of the buildings have changed obviously. And, uh, it looks a little different, but I think the vibe is good. People are out, you know, people are coming in to eat. Yeah. The yeah. F- I think the fear was that a lot of these places that closed or had damage were going to get insurance money, but they're just going to, they're never going to reopen. Mom and pops aren't going to reopen. Yeah. And, have you seen any of that going on? Have you seen some big box stores coming in or anything along those lines? I've definitely seen, um, there's a few places where it looks like housing is, or I don't know, you know, homes are going in where they weren't before, which probably to be expected. Yeah. Um, you know, there was that whole stretch where it was like burger up and, uh, I think there was a soda shop in there. Like that's all gone. And I don't know exactly what they're doing there now. But, um, but most everybody that like, I know, that we were like kind of friends with has like rebuilt. It was sad to see the hotel across from the B. They never really rebuilt. I don't know what they're doing there. Is that the field house? Y- yeah. It Jones? was like the field house Jones. Is that yeah. what it's called? Field house Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a bummer because we were getting like a lot of people coming into the B from there. And uh, my parents actually stayed there once and just, they really liked the vibe. And, really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it only opened for a short amount of time. Yeah. And no, then, like, it was maybe six months. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So how what is, how do you spend your time right now? Where do you, are you mostly? Are you ninety percent redheaded stranger? Are you ever at Butcher and B? <laughs> uh, I'm really not that much. Uh, I mean, I'm still a partner there. I still kind of consult on the menu a little bit, but I really just kind of one stranger really got going, and then through the pandemic, like I wasn't really involved there that much, and I just kind of wanted to give the ball to them and let them run with it, you know. Uh, Everyone there, at least in the bigger roles, are people that I trust. And, like, they were ready to kind of take what I was doing and, and run with it. So so big big time James Beard nomination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, technically it was for the Charleston restaurant, but still. Was, like, it, was it the Charleston restaurant? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the same company. So it was pretty cool to see. Um, you know, it was Outstanding Restaurant, which, like, that's a big Big category, you it's know, a huge category. Um, a lot of it, I think it was just a testament to um, my business partner. Michael did a lot of work uh, through the pandemic, just helping restaurants and the restaurant relief fund and all that. So um, I think a lot of that was, uh, you know, it was it was a result of, of the work that he did and kind of getting recognized for that. That's fantastic. It, it, it's a huge honor either way. Do you take how what what? influence did you have on the Charleston location? Mm, little. I mean, some, you know, they, they use a few dishes. Like we share like the whip feta and the crispy rice that came from Nashville. Um, those are pretty big staples. I was, I, I went down there quite a bit in the first couple of years, uh, just to kind of help and get the vibe and like make sure the restaurants were sort of on the a similar page. We never wanted them to be like cookie cutter type things, yeah. but, um, but yeah, now, I mean, I just kind of, I go there for like wine and food, <laughs> you know, like the festival stuff, but I don't really like help out in Charleston that much anymore. Do you want to win a James Beard award? Some chefs are like, yeah, that's the prize. That's the thing I want to do. Some are like, I really don't give a shit. Where yeah, are you? It's like waxed and waned over time. I mean, I think there was a time when I was like, yes, I want that. Like I would like that recognition. The older I get, I kind of don't give a fuck. Like I, <laughs> I, you know, I want, it'd be nice, but, uh, you know, I feel like I, 
people respect what I do. They come, we're busy. Like it would be cool, but I don't really care in the end. Yeah. I, you know, we've just hired an executive chef at our restaurant, Maribel, and, and he's doing a lot of really cool stuff. And I'm like, we're not trying to win a James Beard here. What we want to do is we want to feed the people in the neighborhood multiple times a week. And he's into it now. He's like, he gets it. And he's still doing really, really cool stuff. But I think that when you're trying to win a James Beard, it's hard to do that. Because your, your, your North Star isn't service. It's some other thing. Yeah, it's, I don't know. You could tend to maybe lose focus on what you're really doing. I will say, though, um, a big part of the motivation of the new spot is just to get back doing food that isn't just like smoked brisket all day you know i mean and don't get me wrong like i i love what we do with stranger it's like my my baby but um i do kind of want to get back in the kitchen and like flex a little bit you know yeah well i i can't imagine yeah well i i, I apologize that the first time that i've like really eaten at redhead stranger was last week yeah it's okay <laughs> because i well, I mean i don't ever it's just tough it's you tough know? sometimes people you know, they can't make it to the east side all the time. I, I, I hear that a lot. Um, but, I mean, there was also, you know, pandemic or whatever. So. <laughs> I wish I could be on the east side, like, all the time. Like, yeah. every time I cross over the river, I just feel better. And we've talked about this. Just, like, going over the east, there's just a whole vibe there. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's a little different vibe. I notice it, especially just coming over this way, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> driving around Vanderbilt and all that. It's It's definitely... It's a, a different world. A different Nashville. Yeah, you know? for sure. I'm excited. I just built, I'm literally yesterday, didn't fit, I've kind of finished it, but I have built a pit in my backyard. Yeah. Whole hog pit. Nice, nice. 95 cinder blocks. Yeah. <laughs> I had a custom made grate, four by six feet. I'm really excited. I'm going to try and get a bunch of people over and do. Are you going to do a pig? I'm going to try and do a whole pig. Yeah, well, yeah. Pat was in here and he was like, you know, he just did this book, Life of Fire, and mm -hmm. it kind of outlines everything. And I got inspired, and I was like, dude, I don't know how to cook with fire. Yeah. Is, that, is that, you know, I, I think I'm a man, and I've had this, like, thing, like, I cook with fire, I'm a man, but I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. And I read that book, and I was like, I, I want to learn this art of, like, the early fire, and the middle of the fire, and then what you do with the ashes, and there's all these different things that happen when you cook with fire, and the type of wood, and... I just want to get really good at that. I've never done it. Like I can cook on a grill. I'm the one, I'm the grill master at our house, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. In all honesty, like I just get out there and I grill and like, I think it should be done. Hey, look at how great those steaks are cooked. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. And it's totally different when you're just, it's like only wood or if you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, we, we learned that at stranger, like doing the, doing the brisket and stuff. It's like, it's not, it's not just like, Hey, let's put it on there and forget about it. Like you really have to manage the, the fire and I don't know. That's the best though, right? I mean, he's pretty awesome. I'm crossing my fingers, hoping, praying that he will come over and help me do like the first one. And like, I can yeah. learn from him. Like, well, the first time I did a whole hog, I did it with Pat Martin. That will be, yeah. I said it here on the podcast, Pat, if you're listening, we're yeah. calling you. I'll come too. Yeah, hey. I'll do it. Yeah. Well, that was kind of my thought. I was like, if we get like, uh, I have this dream of like mentoring people mm -hmm. and if we could get like five chefs and five of their like superstars, like you have somebody at work who you think is going to be a star that would benefit from hanging out for 24 hours with a, a couple other chefs and a couple other up and coming rock stars. Yeah. We just do like a whole hog cook or something like that. We all hang out and it's just a, a 24 hour day with like you and 
some other rock star that you've got working with you and they can gleam information off of these other, I think it would just be a fun experience. Yeah, totally. That, that would be awesome. It's kind of my vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I should say, uh, I didn't get too much into the, the food that we're going to do at the, at the Piggly space, but, uh, let's talk about it. We're going to do like probably mostly wood fired cooking there. Um, we're not going to have like a fryer or anything. I think if we do anything stove, like it'll be induction, but it'll be mostly, uh, like a wood oven and, and a grill. Um, and we're also pretty focused on vegetables. Like, um, it's going to be very produce forward and we want it to be like sort of an approachable, like fun tasting menu. You know, we don't want it to be like a stuffy three hour experience. We want you to be able to like have three dishes in an hour and get out and, um, really focus on produce. I mean, we're, we're not going to be strictly vegetarian. We're going to use some fish and maybe have like an off menu beef item or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, but really just focus on the, the produce here from the farms. And uh, that's kind of the, the gist of it. Well, you answered, you kind of answered one of my questions. Supply chain has been a real nightmare right now. Where do you buy your produce? I love to give shout outs to people that are out there hustling. Yeah. Um, we get a ton of stuff from uh, farmer Dave. Uh, he's still out there. He's still out there. Yeah. man. We get all our poblanos. Uh, we get all of our tomatoes from him. Uh, jalapenos all that good stuff and then whatever he has sort of seasonal like he just got into melons and he brought me some plums the other day and stuff like that um at the b we we work a lot with uh nashville grown okay um which i i still i I really like we've used them for years but like just the the sort of interface they have to like connect you with all these different farms that you may not always know about or see um they're like a big one that we use over there. And then, um, you know, the strangers a little bit, we don't use as much like the local farmers for that. Uh, I mean, we do, but it's just like, it's, you know, it's who's, mostly farmer Dave. <laughs> who's your broadliner that you purchased uh, from? We do, we use creation or what chefs want. Okay. Um, good. That's where we get, you know, all our dairy, all our, you know, cheese, all that kind of stuff. So, awesome. Yeah. Great people over there yeah. at what shows. They're very responsive. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're quick to solve problems when, if we have them and, um, you know, no, no issues with them. Good deal. Well, I like that. They're a sponsor. So it's always fun to shout out people who sponsor the show who are doing a great job. Yeah. No, it's just one of those interesting things to me because I think there's some local farmers out there that people use. And every time I go eat, you go to Butcher and Bee or you, I always use Hal at Lachlan as like the example of like, dude, what do you do? to your vegetables because you go in there and the vegetables taste different. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things I told my chef when he came on, as I said, I want you to use the best produce you can possibly find that's in season. Yeah. Like I want to follow the seasons and I want the menu to be based around what you can get that's growing right now. Naturally. I don't want hothouse anything. I don't want to be serving asparagus in December. I want to have, the right thing in the right season and it makes a big difference. Oh yeah. I mean, that's always been kind of part of the ethos of the company that I work with, you know, especially a butcher and bee. It's like, we change the menu as often as we need to strangers a little more static, but we also aren't, you know, using a lot of like, uh, seasonal. I mean, we do, we do have specials all the time and stuff, but like, you know, brisket isn't seasonal. No, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, it's any uh, time. But I should shout out Bear Creek too. We didn't, uh, I didn't talk about them, but I get all my beef from them. Um, I've been using them since, since I moved here. They're 
Leanne's pretty special. I love what they do. I got to get them on the show. Yeah. I yeah. need to tell their story. I haven't, I, I just don't have a lot of experience. Everybody talks about them, but I don't know a lot about them. Yeah. She, I mean, she's amazing to talk to. She'll have you out on the farm. Hell yeah. She'll take you hunting if you want, you know, like. I'm not a, have you ever hunted? Are you a hunter? I'm not a hunter, but I'm, I mean, my dad, uh, shotguns growing up. I know I'm aware of it, but I, I don't, it's not my thing. I, not mine either, but it was interesting because I just read a book called, um, and I'm going to bring back the Brandon's book club thing. It's called the comfort crisis. And he talks about going out and having to shoot his food. Yeah. Cause he, he got out of his comfort zone, went hunting and he's like, I've never shot, <clears throat> sorry, an animal. But when it was, a, it was like a spiritual thing for him. Like yeah. you're, you're going out and shooting it and somebody's like, well, that's terrible. You shoot. It's like, well, no, you eat meat all the time. You just don't know how it was harvested. Yeah. And like the idea of actually doing that one time, because for one time in my life, seeing the full cycle of hunting it and, and killing it so that we could stay alive. We were in that, he was in the Alaskan outback mm-hmm. and uh, he goes, it was, it was like a soulful, special thing that this animal gave its life so that I can continue mine. And it was, it was interesting. It was just like this whole, wow. And then I don't know where I'm going with it, but I just thought it was where your food comes from. It is. I mean, I think it's important. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I eat a lot of meat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do too. And I, you know, I, we had a chicken farmer that we used to buy from and we went up there on a process day one day and killed a lot of chickens and like kind of learned the whole process, you know? And it was like, it was, you know, it was kind of sad, kind of, I don't want to say fun, but like, it was interesting, you know, just to see the whole process and like what kind of a small farmer has to go through to like get this to your kitchen, you know? Yeah. I shot a squirrel when I was like 11, a BB gun on my window in my parents' house. I was literally like stalked it like it's on the tree and I shot it with like a pellet gun and it fell to the ground and just like, was like, like dying. Yeah. And I went down to look at it and like blood coming out of his mouth. And I was like, I am so sorry, little squirrel. Like I did this like, and I've never been able to shoot anything <laughs> or if just my me personally, like I can eat meat, like no problem. But I also have a problem with how they do it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel you on that, but it, yeah, I do think it's good for everybody to sort of experience what that feels like, you know, and like it's sort of a responsibility that I think you owe it to yourself or to the world or whatever you want to believe in to like see how that goes, you know? So you have two restaurants and another one that's on the way. What do you do for fun right now? Have you, have you got back into like any kind of a normal rhythm of life? Are you traveling at all? Uh, I, I was trying to travel. Uh, I just turned 40. So Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to do a big trip for that to go to Iceland. Um, but my wife just opened up a bookstore, um, which kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. So, uh, she ended up opening, I think the week after we were supposed to go. Oh, um, so we just kind of had to put that on pause. I think we're going to go in the fall. So I haven't done a ton of traveling. I went up, I went to Charleston, uh, for wine and food. I went up to Milwaukee and did a dinner up there with my, my friends from Dan Dan, but that's about it. I need to get out and do a little more, but I have been a little more normal with like life, you know, uh, I took up playing tennis a few years ago. Really? Yeah. So, uh, I take lessons from my guy, Bryce. He's a regular at stranger. Uh, and I, I go once a week to play with him and tennis is hard, man. Dude, it's like, a raw, it's difficult to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I had, I started from scratch. Like I, you know, I'm pretty athletic, but like I didn't, 
I didn't know any of the fundamentals or anything. So learning that was very interesting. And then just the whole psychological element of it is just fascinating to me. You what know? do you, what's the psychological element? Just like you're playing somebody one-on-one, like, I, I don't know. It's all like, it's so mental, you know, like it's, yeah, you have to be good at it, but a lot of it's just like sort of playing and messing with the person you're playing with a little bit. Like it's all really fascinating to me. I feel that same way about darts. Yeah. I've never played darts. You've what? I mean, I played, but like not, not really. Like See, I don't so, really know anything about it. Yeah. I, I, I play, there's like a million strategies when you play and like, I love gauging my opponent and how, what their, their style, what they're shooting at and how they're shooting and where I feel like I can take advantage of the game. And it's, it's a whole crazy thing for me. Yeah. I, I I mean, I, I played baseball growing up, so, like, team sports are cool. I'm a huge basketball fan, but, like, there's something about the individual sports, tennis, golf. I mean, I imagine darts is a solo activity. It is. Um, like, I just, I like the sort of ability to, like, manipulate <laughs> what's going on just with, like, your actions, you know? It's control. Yeah. To me, I think it's, I'm a crazy, it's one of the reasons why I don't drink anymore mm-hmm. was because I tried to control every single thing in my life and I couldn't do that. And I started drinking because I would get frustrated. Yeah. And finally, that's one of the, the steps, you know, they say you're powerless over this thing. You've got to give it all away. Mm-hmm. And it's the most amazing feeling, but that is it. And you, I control, I don't rely on anybody else to do something. I don't have to communicate anything. It's all in my head and nobody else sees it. Yeah. And you kind of just go from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, tennis especially is interesting. Like, I feel like I'm getting pretty good, you know, and then, like, they'll have me play somebody, and it's, like, the worst. It's like I've never <laughs> picked up a racket before. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's 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 cool. Like, you know, I, I I wish I had the time to play even more, but, but yeah, it's been a, it's good exercise, and, yeah, it's a fun activity. What's but, the name of your wife's bookstore? Uh, it's called Novelette. It's uh Novelette Booksellers. It's over and it's on the east side. Um, it's sort of between Gallatin and Cafe Rose. I guess it's sort of geographically a good point, but it's it's in, it's tucked away in a little neighborhood. It's in an old church uh, that they're kind of remodeling. But she's the first business that's opened in there. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations to your wife. What's her name? Uh, Jordan. Jordan. Congratulations, yeah. Jordan. If you're out there, go visit the bookshop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they got a good selection of everything. They're super knowledgeable. It's it's her and her best friend that opened the place. So it's kind of a lifelong thing that she's wanted to do, you know. Well, we're going to bring back Brandon's book club in um, August. And I've got a sponsor for it. Robin's Insurance yeah. is going to be sponsoring it. We're going to do that book, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can get a bunch of people on. And we're going to buy the books for you. So if you want to do it, we'll... we'll there's an Instagram handle, Brandon's Book Club, and go follow up. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe we can partner with your wife and we can buy all the books from her. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Just don't buy them from Amazon. You know, you go straight to her. Like, that's, that's good. Well, it's yeah. funny because it's like people don't recognize. Like Davis Kid used to be a bookstore in Green Hills. Mm-hmm. And it was like the best bookstore. I mean, it was amazing. And when it closed, everyone's like, oh, man, I love Davis Kid. And I'm like, when was the last time you were there? Like, oh, I've been there in years. I got my stuff on Amazon now. I'm like, that's why they're closed. Yeah. That is why they're closed when you start just purchasing stuff. And I love Amazon like anybody. I mean, it's so easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a time and a place for it. But, you know, if you have the opportunity to support, it's just like, I don't know, you could go, you come to Red as a stranger, you can go to Taco Bell or whatever. You know, I mean, you always have choices to make. So. I'm going to say your Crunchwrap Supreme is a lot better. It, 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I had your Crunchwrap Supreme the other day because my wife called me while I was there and I brought home like another massive amount of food and I ate half of her Crunchwrap Supreme. And I had never eaten a Crunchwrap Supreme before from Taco Bell. Yeah. So the next day I went to Taco Bell and I ordered one because I wanted the comparison. It's a little different, huh? <laughs> well, it's just, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's Crunchwrap Supreme, but like yours was, it was, the flavors were just amazing. Yeah. yeah. A lot different. I mean- a big thing on a big thing that we do as strangers is just trying to take sort of nostalgic stuff, fun stuff, uh, and doing it in our own way with like really good ingredients, you know, like with the Bear Creek meat or, you know, we make all our tortillas in house and like, you can really taste all that, you know? Oh, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think that's something people don't recognize, you know, when you think about buying local and eating local, like I was thinking the other day, about just why you eat local. And it was when I was at Taco Bell because they don't have Mexican pizzas right now. Yeah. I wanted to get a Mexican pizza too because I hadn't had one of those in years yeah. since they took them away. They brought and them back and then got rid of them. With it. They brought them back and there's a sign that says, you love them too much and now we're out. We're sold out. And I went to the front window and I go, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, we can't get any tortillas. We can't, it, we're going to try and bring it back in January. And I was like, what do you mean you can't get tortillas? Do you have tacos? Yeah. Like, how do you not, how can you not get the tortilla? It's not like there's a bunch of complicated ingredients. Like there's hatch green chilies in there and they only grow for a month out of the year. Like it's a tortilla. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean. Yeah. Well, when you buy from, when you go to these mass places, these huge chains, what they do is they negotiate deals. People, they build their food in a commissary and then it's delivered and everything is frozen and they just, microwave it get ready to go but in locally owned and operated places everything is made from scratch for the most part and that, that that's flavor yeah that's what you're getting yeah i mean it's we healthier we struggle at stranger just to keep up i mean we've been we've been so busy we have a line down the building a lot of days and like our kitchen is tiny you know and like excuse me um we do everything from scratch we make all our sauces we make all our tortillas like we can only make so many tacos at a time you know and like People get frustrated with the weight and I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, you know, but we're also like upfront about how long things take and like we try to do our best, but it's, you know, it's not just coming out of a bag. It's not just coming out of the freezer, you know, it's, 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 it's made by us, you know, it's made with love. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked you earlier, what do you do for fun? Like what's, what's your daily routine or, you know, what are you getting out, going to eat, traveling? Um, who do you hang out with? And who are like your friends? Do you have all chef friends? <laughs> yeah, kind. Of, I mean, a little bit. It's a lot of people I, I, you know, work with or have gotten to know through the restaurant. Um, honestly, I don't have a lot of free time. Uh, <laughs> I spend a lot of it with my dogs. Those are probably my best friends. What uh, kind of dogs do you have? How, uh, many, how many dogs do you have? Um, I got two dogs. Shout out to my two cats too. They're cool. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a I got a big old bloodhound that we got. Uh, we got in like January before the pandemic. Um, so we drove down to like a trailer park in Mississippi and picked him up. Uh, really? And he's this hundred pound, just goofy idiot. Um, <laughs> and then we have an older rescue that uh, she's a coon hound. Uh, I'm not sure how old she is. We got her when she was like full grown, you know, but, um, but yeah, those are my two, my two babies. I take them out two, two, three times a day sometimes, like just, wherever we go to Shelby a lot people see us walking around all the time. So. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, like 
it's it's tough to like especially um i don't know it's it's tough to like have friends a lot of times especially like people who don't work in restaurants their schedules are completely different than mine so yeah you know and then you know who knows with some of the chef guys it's like sometimes we'll just spontaneously like meet up and and have a have a beer have coffee or go to dinner or whatever but you know it's 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 tough to like make time when you're when you're working the way that that we do when you go out to dinner with your chef friends or you do anything like that do you guys are you able to just to enjoy the meal or do you constantly like watch for service and food and how they're preparing it do you are you not necessarily analyzing but and not comparing but can you just relax and enjoy a meal i can now uh and it depends on the place too like you know i don't know it, it's it's interesting like if i'm if i'm traveling i'm going somewhere and i'm spending a lot of money or whatever i'm like i expect something some sure. level of of service you know so i can be judgy but like most places like i want to sit so i'm not facing the kitchen if it's an open kitchen like i don't I'd, I'd like to just sit there and like have a good time and feel like a normal person like i, I generally i mean people know my name but i don't use my like work email for reservations like i just i want to be I want to just have a normal time. I don't want a bunch of stuff sent out to me a lot of times, you know, like, it's just like, like, I just want to see what your restaurant's like. And I, that's what, I just want to eat here. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, just feel like a regular person, not like, not a <laughs> oh, restaurant. Oh, the chef person. is here yeah, and yeah. he's, you know. Because, because you, I don't know, you get that all the time. Even like, uh, if I go to somebody's house, like. If we go to a barbecue or whatever, they're like, oh, I made a pie for the chef. Or It's just like, <laughs> it's, it sucks, you know? It's like, yeah, I, I love this pie. I just, I don't need you to tell me that I th I'm going to think it sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. All that stuff is, you know? I, I can imagine. That's, that's kind of why I asked the question. Like, because, I mean, if people just calm down or if it's, oh, we have a chef here. Hey, but you know, it's like, I, I imagine it is like if you were a comedian and you're hanging out with people like, but I'm not as funny as you. Say something funny. It's like, yeah. I'm not at work and I write jokes, but I'm not here to be your entertainment. I imagine if the chef, you're like, but you must, you want to cook there? Like, I, I, I'm just hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Just want to chill. And it even took a while. Like even with, even with like my wife and she would make me dinner, it'd be like, she'd be like, I don't know. It, it was just, she said, guess off but you would probably done it this way. Yeah, like, It took a long time okay, just to be like, good. Hey man, I'm so happy that you're making me dinner and that's all I care about. Like, and it's 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 weird sometimes when there's expectations and like you know like i said there's there's a time and a place to be judgy but more often than not it's like i'm just there for the food and the company and you know if you if like the food's a little weird or the server fucks something up i don't i don't care you yeah. know like <laughs> i'm not gonna go leave a one-star review or something you know <laughs> what what's your least favorite thing about nashville Mm. I was about to ask, people ask like your favorite things. I was thinking about this question the other day. I don't know why I was like in a pool and I was like, my least favorite thing about Nashville is probably the drivers. <laughs> yeah. To me, like I, the, the inability to merge yeah. appropriately to me drives me nuts. Or the lack of using a turn signal. Yeah. Like, that's a big one. I'm like, dude, like, wouldn't it be so cool if we had this like lever that you could just push one way or the other to signal where the fuck you're going? Like, <laughs> like, uh, Nothing me gets me more angry than people that don't use turn signals. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I'm lumping my <laughs> thing that I dislike about Nashville the most of it is like drivers and driver etiquette. And there was a long time in Nashville, there was called the Nashville wave, mm -hmm. where if you pulled up somewhere and you're like, hey, can I 
can I get in here? And be like, yeah, go ahead. No problem. And now it's just like, they won't make eye contact with you. Yeah. People, people will not look at you and you're like, can I, I guess you're just going to pretend like I'm not here. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. Okay. Uh, I guess while we're on traffic, it's four way stops when somebody stops clearly before me and then they just sit there and then they flash their lights for me to go. And I'm like, I've been sitting here waiting for you to go because this is how this works. Like, uh, <laughs> It's a first come first serve <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing at a four way stop. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, man, least favorite thing about Nashville. That's a really hard question, you know, like, um, like nothing immediately comes to mind really, you know, uh, I, I really do love it here. Uh, I do wish we had a little more in the way of public transit, bike lanes, stuff like that. Again, Um, traffic comes back up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I moved here, I was renting a house like a half mile from the B and I walked to work, or I at first I rode my bike. That was crazy. I couldn't do that because people just don't respect bikes in a lot of ways here. No. Um, but even just walking to work, the amount of times I almost got hit by a car, like for, like, just because somebody was on their phone and like didn't see me or something like that, it was just like it's crazy. Like, and there's no sidewalks in a lot of the places, you know. So I think just some of the public infrastructure and parks and things like that. I mean, I feel like there's a long way to go as far as that goes. Yeah, and we're only growing. It's only getting bigger every yeah. day. Yeah, I live on the west side. I live in West Nashville, and it's like it's it's been relatively untouched. I say untouched like that, but it's Bellevue area. Like the traffic's not bad. Like everything's okay out there, but it's it's happening. Yeah, like that's all. This stuff is now growing that way, and it's like fuck. <laughs> I just know it's it's gonna happen. But yeah, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. You enjoy your property value going up. Yeah, I mean that's that's a thing for sure. What do you want to talk about, man? Mm-hmm. I didn't have a big agenda today. I love just kind of rapping with you, but like, what's been on your heart? What's something that's important to you right now? What you, if I was if we were sitting at a restaurant talking right now? What's something you would ask me? What would you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. You know, like I, I honestly I've felt a little uh, just kind of exhausted with. Um, just life. There's been a lot going on with, it was like, it was like the tornado and then the pandemic and then the election and like just all of these things. And, um, there was just an interesting time where like, it felt like people were starting to be like, let's get back to normal and blah, blah, blah. We've had all this time off. We've been locked inside, but we, we weren't like, we were working the whole time, you know, and not, not only working, but like in very stressful ways, a lot of times, like, we took on the burden, I think, of a lot of people's frustration. Um, we were a lot of people's cure. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would go out to eat to feel normal, but we're out working our asses off yeah. and not getting that opportunity. Yeah, and, I, and in a lot of ways, I felt like it was very, um, it was even more draining than the normal work of a restaurant, you know, which uh, is already challenging, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's. I guess it's just... Uh, it's just an interesting time with everything that's going on. and uh, well, We just had 4th of July. Yeah, yeah. And it was tough. I mean, I think that most conversations I had, I had a few yesterday. I mean, we hung out at the pool for a while, and I was able to clock out. Just mm. My parents are out of town, and they they, they live a couple houses down. They have a pool, and my sister was there. But like, we just got to hang out. But it was like, happy Independence Day. My wife's like, yeah, I'm happy to live in a country where I don't have autonomy of my own body. Yeah. And... 
you know, just the in- insane shit that's going on right now. It's like, it's hard to be like, yay, freedom. Yeah. Like, cause I don't necessarily well, feel that right. I don't, I'm not full of patriotism yeah. at this moment. And I'm, I hate to say it, but like, I'm kind of like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. And I think a lot of it, you know, if we were sitting down, I'd probably want to talk about music or books or something just to completely it's not heavy distract myself, you know, from like, you know, I don't want to think about the restaurant. I don't want to think about whatever's going on in the world. Like, let's, you know, let's talk about a band or <laughs> let's talk. Well, let's about do that. Let's yeah. talk about a band. Yeah, let's do it. Did you hear, did you said you listened to the Bad Luck Bird Club interview? Yeah. Did you hear my Eddie Vedder story? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, do you have that Tic Tac in here? No, but I should bring <laughs> it in here and put it in here. The, yeah. the, the little Tic Tac and the, uh, the gold coin. Yeah. That says Ed on it. <laughs> That's so funny. I wonder if I can show. I'll show you how you wrote Ed here. On this gold coin, you can see that. <laughs> nice. It's two boxes, and there's. if you took that away, it's an E, and then the D actually was that way. Yeah. But there's just like a little E, D, and I'll, I'll show you on Will Jackson's card here what that looks like. If you're watching online, you can see the E, D. That's so funny. Has there any, like... Who's who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met? Like that you were just like starstruck on. Oh man, uh, you know I don't get starstruck that often. Uh, Probably see a lot of them in the restaurant. Well, but I mean, I moved here from LA, and we were pretty near a lot of studios. So like that place was crazy. It was like Tom Hanks, Cindy Crawford. Like the Lakers would oh, come in all the time. Wow. Like it was it was there. I mean, it's I'm, a different level of star. Yeah, it was it to was, me. It was. Uh, I I never got starstruck too much uh david cross uh he's a comedian he was on uh, oh yeah bob and dave yeah yeah yeah. uh rest of development all that stuff but he had a house behind the restaurant so he would like sit at the bar and we like kind of became friends uh so that was pretty cool that's cool as hell um he's funny as shit yeah dude uh he's so funny uh one one time i was at the airport um and we actually saw each other recognized each other it was kind of cool um but it was him and Brian Pusain, who was another comedian, and I was kind of sitting behind them, and they were like running jokes on each other, just practicing. Oh wow! It's, it was the funniest shit I'd ever <laughs> I'd ever heard, you know. Um, so that was pretty cool. Who's um, your favorite comedian? Do you have? Do you have? Are you in the all time list of like who's the best comedian out there? Oh, I don't know. I don't know who the who I would say the best is. It's hard. Yeah. Um, man, I I love Dave Chappelle. I like everything that he's done for the most part. Um, Pretty into Bill Burr. Did you uh, go see him? No, I, I've never actually seen. Uh, oh. I've never seen him before, but I love him. He was just here last month yeah. at Bridgetown. Yeah, a month before in April he was here. April nineteenth, April twenty third, something like that. Yeah, he has a good podcast too. Um, he is funny as shit. Like he's one of the. Like I was literally crying at the show. Like I couldn't stop. Like I was like <gasps> yeah. trying to like catch my <laughs> breath as like tears. Were, he was so funny. Yeah, yeah. I love Dave Attell. Um, so I'm, I'm the genre you're you're like that late '90s, 2000s yeah. kind of like people that really hit it. Then I'm a big like Sam Kennison. Mm-hmm. He to me was like one of just the he was a genius. Yeah, and I love Chris Rock. Chris Rock, I, like I think, Chris was Rock. just an absolute. I, I think that to write a bit like to write comedy like that, mm-hmm. and then work it out and have and the the delivery that's like there's a performance involved there too that. I think Chris Rock just kills. Yeah. So does Sam Kennison. So does Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah. If we go a little older, I like like uh, like Bill Hicks. Okay. Or like, uh, I mean, Richard he, Pryor, you know, stuff like that. Nothing that's cookie. It's like irreverent people that straddle the line. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think that's what good comedy is. Yeah. Yeah. And like observe, you know, observing the world and, you know, um, have Mitch, you, Mitch you, Hedberg always makes me laugh. Oh, you know? uh, How about Nate Bargatze? I don't know him. I, I, I know him, but I haven't really listened to him too much. <laughs> All right. Here's what you have to do. I mean, I'm, there's not a lot of comedians like you have to go list, go on Netflix. And if you're out there, you don't know who Nate Bargatze is. Go to Netflix and find a show called The Standups. Oh, like, yeah. This is the first seat. There's like four different versions of it. Nate Bargatze is in the first one. He has a 30 minute bit. And it's one of the funniest 30 minutes I've ever heard. Same deal. Just crying, laughing at some of the stuff this guy goes over with everything. You got to go watch it. The yeah. stand-ups. I'm going to put that in the, the show notes for you guys to go watch. And he's from Tennessee. He lives in Franklin. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. And he doesn't swear. I watched the, I think I watched the newest season of that. But I, I, I didn't go back on it. But The Tennessee Kid stuff. is his newest one. He has one called The Tennessee Kid. It's a whole stand-up special. But you got you to go back to the stand-ups first. That's like his first one. And then all the rest of his shows kind of build from that one. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yep. Yep. It's like almost like reading a book. Like you can't start at chapter two and three. You don't know what in chapter one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You got to do that. Yeah. I guess I should say Tim Robinson, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has that show, I Think You Should Leave, on Netflix. It's I've never seen it. Oh my god! Uh, it I watched it so 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 many times over and over. He he used to be a writer for uh, Saturday Night Live, one of the like main writers. And I guess the basis of I think you should leave is like all of the rejected skits from Saturday Night Live. But it's it's so funny. I heard Howard Stern talking about this. Mm-hmm. All the rejected skits that they couldn't do that he was just gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it just got renewed for like its third season, but it's it's really really good. I always attribute like this skit writing, like those little things, to like writing a menu, mm-hmm. and like because there's it's so much creativity to do that, and then to put that out there. Is that is that? Because one of my goals, I'll, I'll tell you, one of my bucket list things is to do five minutes on stage. Yeah, to get up and do five minutes in an open night, open mic night, something like that. But I'm scared to death. Mm-hmm. It's hard to write it out. Do you forget that when you do like a new menu item? Do you create something new? Do you test it like 10 times, 10 different people? Or you just do you just say, fuck it, I'm putting it out there on the menu? Yeah, it depends on the dish. Um, sometimes I, 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 I think about it like writing a song, I guess, um, just because I, I used to play music, so I think it fires the same parts of my brain. But sometimes it works. You nail it right away. You know, like, this is good. Um, I think other times it needs some tweaks. You need... No matter what, you always need other people to taste it. Make sure you're not crazy or like just one track. Like, um, well, so can you get like your palate just kind of gets numb after you've tasted so many different things? You need somebody else's opinion. I've always been curious about this. Like, what do you have a process when you create a new menu item? Like, do you go into do you read cookbooks? Where do you go, where do you find inspiration? Um, all over the place. I mean, I definitely read a lot. Um, you know, pre pandemic, I ate out a lot. Um, a little less so now, but. Um, a lot of it, especially with reading, it would, it would just be, I'm not going to like see a dish for a steak and be like, Oh, I'm going to make that steak with the same sauce. It wasn't like that, but it would be like finding, um, a component of something, you know, and being like, Oh, I've never, I've never thought about, you know, I remember when I was a lot younger, I can't remember what I read, but it was like, you know, cooking a vegetable, like in its own juice. So like you take a beet and you juice the beet and then you sort of process the beet like by cooking it in its own juice and like instead of just like boiling it in water or something like that. So like hmm. picking up little tricks like that 
that's like where the reading comes in. And then, I mean, some of it's just natural, like walking around, seeing what you have left over, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, looking at the list that the farmers give you and be like, oh, I've had this idea in my head for X, Y, Z. Um, Next time they come to me with gooseberries, I'm going to make this dish that does this, this, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gooseberries, so, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, mean, th- I think there's always just going to be a natural element of creativity that not not everybody has or wants to do, you know, like not everybody I, I, I think wants to come up with a dish or, you know, like maybe they do, but like they don't know how. Um, and it, a lot of it is just repetition and trying it over and over. Like, I mean, when I first became a quote chef, like I, it's not like I really knew what I was doing, you know? Um, <laughs> so you no, gotta, first of all, nobody knows anything <laughs> they're doing until they just freaking do it. Yeah. And you just have to fail. Yeah. You have to fail over and over and eventually you either fix your failures or not necessarily fix them, but learn from them and, you know, or you don't, you know, I guess it's pretty simple. <laughs> well, that's but, not even just, that's not even cooking advice. That's good life advice Yeah, all the way through just yeah. to do that. It's a lot of persistence and just care, caring about what you do. I mean, tasting stuff like that. And we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know the number one cause of methane or greenhouse gases in landfills is your food waste? Restaurants waste so much food. All the food people don't eat, all of the scraps that come from all of your prep, it all gets put in a dumpster and then gets buried in a landfill and as it decomposes, creates methane gas. Well, thank God Jeffrey Ezel and his brother Clay have come up with the compost company. You can now compost your food waste. They take it to their farm. They create organic soil out of it. They then sell that to Whole Foods as well as local farmers and landscapers. So it's literally coming full circle in your community. If you're a restaurant owner or manager, you need to be calling Jeffrey Ezel at 615-866-8152 and they will set you up with the green bags and the green trash cans that they will come empty twice a week. If you work in a restaurant and you would love to have this option, instead of putting food into a trash can, you can start composting. Tell your manager to call Jeffrey Ezel. That's 615-866-8152 or follow him at The Compost Company on Instagram. We are super excited to introduce Maintain IQ for restaurants. Maintain IQ is a modern digital checklist system that simplifies your operations. They are designed specifically for restaurants. You can standardize, track, and manage food safety procedures temp logs, daily checklists, preventive maintenance, and ongoing repairs. He's saying that you can, managers will save up to 10 hours per week. You can repair, you can reduce repairs and maintenance spend by $5,000 a year. Staff will know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Everything is digitally recorded. Minimize liability, ensuring safety, cleaning, and compliance standards are upheld. This is the best thing since sliced bread, guys. And we're going to talk about that in just a second with Sharp EAs. But we are talking about a checklist to do every single thing in your restaurant that's all kept nice and neat in a little app. You need to call Will Jackson. His number is 888-534-0261 and set up a 30-minute demo. If you do that, I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio hat or I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio t-shirt. Just send me a message on Instagram. Check out Maintain IQ. We are so excited to introduce you to the future of restaurant technology. Go 
GoTab is it. With GoTab QR-based online ordering and payment processing solution to the all-in-one restaurant POS software, you have the flexibility to adjust your service model based on your guest preferences and staffing levels. Our system even allows easy menu management based on what you have in stock. Unlike traditional restaurant POS hardware, you don't have to be locked in to one way of doing things that starts and ends with the server taking manual orders and swiping credit cards. You can hand off more of that control to your guests. Free up your staff's time to focus on great customer service and creating customer loyalty. You can even continue to use the more traditional server-focused ordering and payment processes for guests who prefer tableside interactions. Guys, to have that option is everything right now. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and you will find a $500 gift under the GoTab tab. Do a 30-minute demo, and I will give you a free hat or I will give you a free t-shirt for Nashville Restaurant Radio. Just DM us on Instagram. Let us know you set that up. Go check them out right now. Do you know your insurance provider personally? That's a question I ask people when they come in the studio and they go, who's Robin's Insurance? And I go, they're right down the street. They're a local insurance company that specializes in working with restaurants. I ask some people and they say, I have Progressive, I think. You think? You don't know? You got to know. You got to know your guys, Matthew Clements and Van Robbins over at, at Robbins Insurance, personally work with restaurants to help them be protected. We had Benjamin and Max Goldberg in here and they went, oh, Robbins Insurance, we love those guys. They went to school with Van growing up. They're local. They're amazing. We use Robbins Insurance at both Maribel and the Green Hills Grill and they do a fantastic job. They will sit down with you and identify exactly what type of insurance you need for your business. It is very, very important. So I'm very happy to introduce you to your new insurance guy, his name is Matthew Clements, and his number is 863-409-9372. Give him a call, and next time you're in studio and I ask you, who do you use for insurance? You can proudly say, Robin's Insurance. And now we're going to get back to the interview, and I want to tell you that we're going to talk about a little bit about my chefs at rest at uh, Mare Bowl. And I want to give a big shout out to Julius, Chef Julius Gilbert, and Mohammed Al Casey, his sous chef. These guys are amazing, and uh, I love them to death. You guys rule. Just want to give you a shout out before I talk about you. Let's go. My chefs over at, um, at Maribel are so funny because I told them, I said, I love my favorite scene in a movie. Well, it's a bold statement. A very good scene in a movie that I reference a lot was in Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love that movie. Where his brother, Emil, finds him at the restaurant, right? He goes out in the back of the restaurant. He's like, Emil! And he's like, oh, my God. And he says, "This you're in here? And he goes, yeah, let me bring you some food. And he brings him a piece of cheese and like a, like a berry of some sort. And he just starts throwing it all in his mouth. He's like, no, no, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, uh, I'm eating. And he goes, no, no, no. You have to try these flavors together. And he takes the piece of cheese. He goes, eat this piece right here. And he takes the bite and like the little music notes go. And he's like, okay. He's like, now try this one. And he tries the, the berry or whatever. And then the music notes goes, he goes, now eat them together. And it's like this cacophony of just crazy sounds. He's like, whoa, that's amazing. That's kind of the thing I look for in like a really good dish. That's kind of like if I was on chop, those are the things that I would be judging for. Mm-hmm. Like if I took these three ingredients together, which you would not think would work, what does it do to my like whole, all of my senses? Did I encapsulate any part of the 
the trial and error of creating a menu item or creating a new dish? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, sometimes it takes the right thing for it to come together. Like, um, like let's just talk about like the, the crispy rice dish that we do at Butcher and Bee. I don't know if you've had it, but it's... Um, They're in your taco, the number eight taco, yeah. I'll tell you that much, because it has the <laughs> poblano and the cheese and the crispy rice. And I was like, what is this texture I'm having right now? And it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like That's the, it though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like the, the crunch, the like kind of puffed rice thing is like, I knew I wanted that to be the the sort of star of the dish right i think when we opened does that is that a thing though when you started do you have to have a star is in every dish is there like a star to the dish and you work around that even or? if it isn't the center of the plate yes like i you know there maybe it's a sauce maybe it's a maybe it's just a component or, or something in your pantry that you haven't used before and it might it might just be you know maybe it's the quail like you know maybe sure. maybe it is the actual ingredient but yeah i do think that there has to be some sort of inspiration on of like some one particular thing, right? So let's talk about this crispy rice dish. How did you create it? Like, what was your process? So, so it started as just eating a crispy rice dish at a Thai restaurant in LA. And I was like, this is amazing. I want to do something similar to that. Um, so when we we're opening the B, I think that dish started as it was crispy rice, uh, like cucumber noodles and a poached egg. It wasn't that good. Cucumber noodles. <laughs> yeah. We like, uh, mandolin like julienne cucumber basically okay. so they looked like spaghetti or something right that's cool um and i can't remember what the sauce was like there was some kind of dressing involved or whatever it was okay like it wasn't the best thing i ever made right um and then after that we were like well maybe we should kind of do it like a play on a poke and it turned into an octopus dish so it was like the crispy rice octopus but we made this uh dressing on that one that was like amazing so i was like okay so now we have the dressing we have the um the, the rice um there was a couple other things in between there um but it ended that we we wanted to have a vegan salad on the menu um and i think we wanted it to be gluten-free um so that was sort of the basis to start and then so it ended up being like crispy rice avocado that dressing um we had a ton of greens at the time i think they were collard greens so we like cut those like julienne them and served it like raw kind of like a kale salad um but anyway we mixed all that together and it was like magical you know like it just it worked perfectly and i think it's been like four years that's been on the menu it hasn't changed but it's just crazy that that started as like a cucumber salad sort of you know so that's the life cycle of like how that works you just you try it it didn't work or this little aspect of it didn't work. You gain opinion from people you trust or anybody really. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> What's your feedback? And then you, um, now, now here it is four years later. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we sell other than the whip feta, we sell more of that dish than not even close than anything else. Is there a dish that you have that, um, was just an absolute failure? Like, Oh, that you like, I right. think this is really good, but everybody hated. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm trying to think of it's like so many. <laughs> that would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing's jumping to mind. Actually. The ones that get me are the ones that like, uh, like a stranger. We have this, we had this, um, mushroom taco and it was mushrooms and it had a runny egg on it. Uh, I can't remember what else, but we did not sell any like we sold like 10 a day like nobody bought it but those 10 people that would get it every day like i still loved it i hear about it all the time they're like when are you gonna bring it back what are you we run it as a special 
And um, and then it doesn't sell. And I'm like, what? I don't I don't know. What so it's do. a mushroom taco with a runny egg. Yeah, yeah. And I think we put that sounds fantastic. I love it's good. Every aspect of what you just now said. I love tacos. I love mushrooms. I love eggs. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of messy, you know, from like the runny egg, and um, I think there were black beans. In it. I can't remember, but uh, but I, I thought it was a really good taco. It was like breakfasty, and yeah, some people think so, but like. It's like, I can't keep this on the menu if we're only selling this many a day, you know, and I don't know that, that kind of stuff is, gets a little frustrating, but man, I'm trying to think of what a failure, I don't know, nothing, nothing's coming to mind, but it definitely happens where you get, you get sort of obsessed with something or you're like, I love this, this is right in my wheelhouse, but I don't know, your wheelhouse is different than mine, you know, so. Sure. Uh, but yeah. I just, I've always found it <clears throat> incredibly vulnerable and i've I, i've never created a dish that i put on a menu it's never been something that i've done i'm not a chef right now i've certainly done enough wine lists and liquor menus and different things to to put something out there and they always sell nobody's gonna yell at me for putting on Kendall jackson i mean there's, there's not a lot of risk there but i've always wondered like how people as a chef do you taste something and go this tastes really good i'm now going to put this out there and what if the feedback is this is terrible yeah. Like, how do you, it, it's like a process of, oh, that wasn't good. I got to change it. Or I mean, cause now you have a reputation. Yeah. You have a reputation around town that what you do is always really, really good. And it's a little different, but it's, there's a high level quality. Like, does it scare you now to potentially put something out people aren't going to like, or are you just like, eh, I don't give a shit. Let's go. <laughs> no, it, it definitely doesn't scare me anymore, but I'm always interested to see what people think, especially it's not like we're just doing like mashed potatoes and gravy or you know it's it's like we're 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 trying to be a little more creative with it so we are sort of putting ourselves out there um you know i i i do think that that that's probably the most important part about like sort of what we talked about a minute ago about like making sure that you work it out before you actually are having guests try you know it's it's fun maybe like at the bead they sit at the counter maybe we have a dish we're working on like hey try this and we'll send it to them that's cool right but if they're paying for it you know that that's that's different you know i think the last time i went to pelican and pig nick was there and he was like i said do you got anything you're working on you and he's like yeah here and he made us a couple of dishes of stuff that he was working on that were same similar deal they were knockout amazing dishes but it was I asked for it. I said, hey, is there anything you want to test on us? Let's go. Yeah. Is that something people can do? And they, well, what if somebody said that when they walked into the restaurant? We generally have something that we're working on or that we would, if you're that enthusiastic that you would ask for it, then hell yeah. Like, like I want you to try it, you know? Um, especially if it's something that like we're close to putting on the menu or that we've worked on, you know, like that's, that's fun. I mean, that's why we have the open kitchen. That's why we have the chef's counter. Like that interaction is super important. Now, this is one of those things that I think, I don't know if I should say this on the air or not, but I'm going to do it anyway. There's like this thing in the industry, and I don't know if this goes out anywhere else, but I go to a lot of restaurants and chef will come out and say hi or something. I'll go, what are you guys eating tonight? And I go, I don't know. And he goes, do you just want to feed us? Just start sending food out. We'll just take whatever and just eat it. Just whatever you want to do back there. I've probably had that meal 50 times or mm-hmm. go somewhere and the chef's like, dude, I'm just going to feed you. And I'm like, Awesome. Charger, let, let, let's go. Is that fun for you when somebody, when that kind of thing happens? Or is that like, dude, I, I've, I'm busy. There's a menu. Like, I don't have time to just be creating things for you. Like, or do you just send stuff out that's on the menu? 
<laughs> Should we let anybody uh, know that that's even a thing? Well, that's a two, that's a two parter there, I guess in response. Uh, cause we do have the sort of chef's choice menu at butcher and B, which is sort of like you have an actual menu. chef's choice menu. Just yeah, yeah. So it's like you, the, the guests don't really have to make any decisions unless they want to, like we'll, we'll ask them, you know, if there's any dishes they really wanted to try, but for the most part, it's us just sort of curating an experience for them. Um, it's not necessarily, we will have a couple of special dishes here and there, but it's not necessarily like, we're just, just going to cook this off the cuff. And pick whatever. stuff out that's on the menu to serve people. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never know. said, I've, it's been a while since I've eaten the bee, sorry, but like that, that's, um, that's so cool and innovative. We, I, I honestly, I didn't love it at, at when we first did it because it, it just, I don't know. It felt, I was like, we, we tried to call it kind of a tasting menu and I was like, well, it's weird when we're just serving normal dishes, but the way that it's evolved and um, our GM Jake over there does a really good job of like training the staff on how to sell it and stuff. And it's probably, I think we sell at least a third of the tables that come in, order that. Wow. Um, so like, you know, they're sort of, and, and it works really well both for regulars and for people mm -hmm. who have never been in before, because a lot of people who come in, Maybe they do know about us, but a lot of them don't. They think they see butcher and they think we're going to be like a steakhouse, you know? So then they look at the menu and they're kind of confused. So it's an easy way to like, um, introduce people to the restaurant, but for the regulars, it's a good way for them to like try new dishes all the time and stuff too. So, yeah. Um, butcher and B, what does the name signify? Um, well that got chosen before I was involved. So I didn't really come up with like you know, naming it. But I, I do think that like, um, Michael, uh, my business partner, Michael, like really liked just sort of the, the spirit of like a butchery and like the, the craftsmanship and then just sort of like a worker bee, like, and then just the alliteration, the B and B. Yeah. Um, it's worked pretty well, but it does. I mean, uh, it's butcher and B and you're getting sort of, um, Israeli inspired food. I could, I could, <laughs> I understand why it can be confusing, but, um, but it's working. That's amazing. Um, we're, we're, we're there. We've, we've talked for an hour, man. That's quick. Huh? Isn't it amazing how you <laughs> just sit here and you're like, well, that was an hour. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Well, we started talking about your favorite bands. We were wearing a Seattle supersonics hat. Mm, yeah. Um, we were talking briefly before we even started about what was it? We were talking about nineties alternative rock somehow. Yeah. Who was it we were talking about? Um, well, I was plugging my friend's podcast to you. Uh, oh, that's right. That's uh, right. I think it's called Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves. Uh, yeah. Or it's either Breaking Waves or Making Waves. I so love it. Sorry, Brickman. I can't remember the name. What's his name? Uh, his name is Brian Brickman. Brian uh, Brickman. He produces a bunch of podcasts. He's, he started doing like a fish podcast, um, like the band Fish, not the yeah. animal. Um, that was really successful. And um, we have hopes of maybe doing like a NBA I'm, I'm super nerdy about basketball. So, um, I've, we've talked about trying to incorporate that with food somehow. Uh, <laughs> are the supersonics still a team now? Nah, they, like, they don't, they moved to Oklahoma city. Well, they didn't move. They kind of, it's a kind of a controversial thing, but <laughs> they ended up in Oklahoma city, but they're probably going to get another team soon. So. And you're big. Are you from, you've said LA, but are you originally from Seattle? No. Uh, I, I just always liked the Sonics when I was a kid. Um, I did live in Portland for a while, but it wasn't when um, the Supersonics were up there. 
but now my wife's sister lives up there so i, I don't know somehow there's a connection but um i'm, I'm mostly just like it's the cool colors. hat yeah. the, the hat's pretty cool yeah yeah it's a good one um, you have one of the original you got like the very second hat that i ever got yeah yeah you're like the first person that i gave a hat to i know i remember you coming by i was super pumped about it. that was so fun yeah yeah I have a new one for you today. Nice. You have a new hat and uh, a bunch of new stuff for you. Uh, I, anything else? We're, anything we're missing? I mean, I know we're just kind of just coming in chatting today. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing it. Yeah. I'm super excited to come chat. Um, Any restaurants you've been eating at that you just want to tell everybody about that they should go try? Oh, uh, man. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they are at the... Uh, the East Nashville Farmer's Market, but they have a shop that I've never been to. I think it's called Horn Coffee. Um, Horn? Yeah. The like, Horn of Africa? Yeah, yeah. And they do these, um, they're like uh, they're like meat patties. I don't know what they call them, um, but they, they it's like a, it's it's like a kind of a, it's almost like a Jamaican beef patty. It's kind of in that vein. Interesting. Um, but they, one of them is vegetarian. They have a couple different options, but they're, they're really good. I, I get them every time I go to the farmer's market. <laughs> in which farmer's market? East Nashville farmer's yeah, market? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are other ones, but. Um, and what's called the what? The horn? horn? The horn. I think it's called like the horn cafe or something like that. Okay. So definitely you, horn. Horn something. You've got to go <laughs> find the horn. Yeah. And go give us. Give these meat patties a try. Yeah. And um, I'll plug Always Eastside by me. Uh, I love Chad and Gracie. Um, mm-hmm. They got the pho shop there um, that opened at the wash. And then right next to there is Tootsie Lou's, who um, are doing some pretty fun tacos. <clears throat> if you are wondering about these places, you can always go back and listen to post ep- you know past episodes. We've had Chad and Gracie on a couple times and uh, all the people from Tootsie Lou's Tacos before they open the wash. Those are really fun people. Yeah, they're, they're great. Uh, Drew worked for me at the B for a while. So, you know, shout out to Drew. Um, but they're, they're just really sweet people and their food's really good. And um, I just, I, I'm really excited about what they're doing at the wash too. The wash is such a neat concept. Tyler just really did some, just the, I, I love the innovation of that guy just to see that and that vision and to put it together and make it happen is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's and just to have like a rest restaurant incubator, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to start bringing new people. And you know, Chad and Grace are doing something similar to that. Yeah. But their whole system with their uh, hospitality group is we want to help mentor you come in and work. just like almost like an apprenticeship program before you open your new place and they're going to help. And I got to get him in here to explain the whole thing, but it's really, really innovative and really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, we're actually doing something similar in Charleston at the at butcher and be there. Really? Um, yeah. You know, we, they had an incubator space, um, in Charleston called workshop, um, where they would, it was very similar to the wash. It was more in indoors, <laughs> but, um, but very similar. Like they would, they would give restaurants a space to sort of try stuff out. Um, but now they have, I don't know the details too much of it, but, um, but Michael's sort of turned that into, um, sort of sponsoring somebody. Like I think the, the woman he's working with right now does Pakistani food, um, and just trying to give people more opportunities that, that might not have it. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of staff, how are you guys doing staffing wise? It's up and down. It's better than it was. I'm definitely getting a lot more um, inquiries than I was before. Uh, it was pretty bleak there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Um, although I'm still just this past week, I worked the line one shift. I worked tortilla one shift. So, um, you know, it's by no means like solved, but, um, I do think that 
it's gotten better. So. I always love to give shout outs to people um, who, and you may say I've got two, I can't give enough shout outs to these people, but I will say that we were there the other day and Magnolia did an amazing job. I mean, she just made us feel so at home and it was, she did a great job. She's yeah. fantastic. Anybody that you want to give shout outs to for this whole thing who just made it through with you arm in arm that you couldn't have done it without? Man, Magnolia is great. Honestly, the whole front of house at um, Stranger uh, deserves something because <laughs> they have to put up with some of the dumb shit I want to do, like the no fucking chips thing. They have to explain to people why we do that. And, you know, it's uh, that's a whole um, little fun thing. But really, <laughs> uh, you know, all, all of the staff that I have, like, they're pretty invested. They've been there for a while. Um Big one probably to um, Scott Lippman, who's like my CDC at Butcher and Bee. Um, he's worked for me since before day one at Butcher and Bee. So since I think he started December of 2015, um, he had like zero kitchen experience before he worked for me. And he kind of went from prep cook to line cook to now he's the CDC there. So uh, just watching him sort of grow and learn and still be enthusiastic about it, like what seven years later like it's pretty cool that's awesome yeah that's what I'm that's what i'm talking about where the people i'll show people here on the screen this chip this pen that you gave me this is no fucking chips do you want to tell me the story of no fucking chips so that they don't have to everybody listening to this can go i don't have to ask them when i go in yeah uh well yeah it's a two-parter one i basically opened red at a stranger because i wanted to make flour tortillas i wanted those to be the star of the show like that's what we do there let's what I want to be known for. Really good with the queso. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I've made corn tortillas in the past and I just, I didn't have the space and I didn't want to go through that. I also didn't want to just rip open bags of pre-made chips. Like I think it's just not what we do. It doesn't fit our vibe. We get tons of negative reviews about it because they think we're cheap because we don't want to have chips and salsa on the table or whatever. So when we started, it was like, uh, it was it was just kind of a joke. Like the first week with the staff, they're like they would come back and um, they would just it would be like every table was asking about it. And uh, do you have chips and salsa? There's yeah, no fucking chips. Yeah, and salsa. yeah, they would just come back and mutter under their breath like no fucking chips. Like <laughs> we don't have fucking chips. So uh, um, basically, so it became a thing. Yeah, it kind of became a thing. And then uh, my uh, one of my bar people, Devin, had an idea to make a shirt for it, um, which is hanging up right by the menu so you see it when you're ordering foods so oh yeah it's crazy to me that people have missed that but you know uh so anyway it just became a joke that's kind of evolved into a kind of a fun thing um uh, we actually we just shot uh an episode of uh triple d did you with uh guy fieri and he yeah. was like obsessed with with uh, that shirt and like what we were doing with that so did I don't you know. give him one? Oh yeah i don't know how they're gonna uh say that on tv but you know it was pretty funny has it aired yet no i don't know what they won't tell us when it's airing but really? i think it'll be the fall sometime well that's cool that yeah. congratulations that's it usually fun. gives businesses quite a bump yeah when they yeah. show up on that show yeah it was uh it was quite the experience i mean we've done a few tv shows but nothing nothing that big you know so um he was i mean he was super nice like he's done a lot for restaurants so it was it was cool yeah, from everything I've heard, he's a, he's a very cool guy. Um, Jen, my co-host, previous co-host, she's going to come back hopefully. I'm interviewing her today also. Oh, that nice. Is. So if you're listening to this, Jen's episode will be out Friday and Brian's will be out on Monday. 
Um, but um, she has her husband owns Soy Bistro in Brentwood. Yeah. Have you been there? I haven't been there, no. But uh, I've wanted to. I haven't heard Jen on here for a while. So I know, right? Back. Yeah. So uh, she, she's been, she had so much going on in her life. And we just had a conversation one day and she was like, listen, I love you. I want to do this. It's great. But I, I have to focus on the things that are at the top of my priority list right now and mental health and everything is one of those. Yeah. And I said, hundred percent, like totally get it. I can talk to people. I'm good. Like I miss the shit out of her though. Yeah. I mean like I, I love doing this, but she adds so much to the show in my opinion. She just is so, it's nice sometimes because she'll throw something out there. I'm like, ah, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that. And like, I just need that. I need the female perspective sometimes. And it's like, or just her perspective. I love her perspective. Yeah. Um, she's just an amazing human. So I was like, yeah, no, take your time. But she's going to come in today. And hopefully she tells me, I haven't really talked to her. I mean, this is, we're literally going to like catch up doing a live interview nice. and see what it, see what's going on. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully I can talk her into coming and doing some more interviews with me. Or maybe like bring back the Music City Roundup or something, but yeah, she's. I think she, everything's going well with her, so I think everything's going really good. She's well, and you know, her kids are I think one and a half. Her husband just celebrated a year sober. A lot of good stuff going on there. So hopefully, I get a, a good full health report. There, everything's going all right. But yeah, nice. I have a feeling that it's that we're both gonna we're gonna go down the rabbit hole of this country and what the hell's going on. I'm I'm anxious I'm, I'm not like an anxious person like i don't get anxiety i i'm a very much a a restaurant guy and i, mm -hmm. and I told my wife this like, the hardest thing in the world for me being a restaurant guy and you not being a restaurant person is that shit just rolls off my shoulder like nothing shocks me and i'm just ready i'm ready for anything to happen and we just spring to it and she's like oh no but this the election the next election coming up, I'm I'm afraid. Yeah, I don't know what is going to go on. I'm I don't trust the pro I don't I don't trust any of the Republicans right now. I'm sorry. I just it, there's some crazy shit. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't like. I'm legitimately anxious about what's going to happen this next presidential election. Yeah, I uh, I try to be a pretty optimistic person, and like something's always going to get better. It's one of the first times in my life I've not felt that way um i'm scared which is, is pretty it's pretty depressing but yeah it is I and mean, i i don't you know this isn't necessarily the podcast where i dig into that stuff but i think it's important conversation i think it is too i mean i think it's important for people and businesses to like say what they think you know i mean we we went through that you know in the past few years like we're, we we're not afraid to say kind of what we think about things and you know it might alienate some people but for the most part like People know where we stand and, and, you know, what we believe in. And, and um, you know, I think that we gain just as much from that as, as we would lose, you know, so. Caroline Galson was a huge, uh, she talked about how she constantly would say the right things, do the right things, just so that anybody can dine here. It's fine. And I think she still says that anybody can dine there. It's, there's no, we're no, not segregating anybody, but she said when Donald Trump was in office in just all of the horrendous things he was doing. She goes, I kind of, I chose people over this stuff. And I, I, I couldn't not say what I'm feeling and believing. Yeah. And it was just too strong of a, I'm so adamantly against this, that like, I don't care if you don't eat here. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't, if you're going to be in that mindset, I don't care. Yeah. And I thought that was incredibly brave, but I also thought it was, 
kind of a sign of the times that we're in. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that, that things are sort of as divisive as they are, you know, but um, I don't know. There's like, for me, there's just like no room for, for hate. And <laughs> a lot yeah. of the stuff that's happening is hateful and there's not, there's no other way to say it, you know? And like, I just don't want that. Around. Some of the comments around this whole Roe versus Wade thing, I, I'm shocked. I'm like, how do people have the gall to, to go online and say some of these things? Yeah. I don't know where they get this confidence that that's okay or that like, where do people believe this stuff? I don't, I don't, Yeah, I'm sure Jen and I are going to get into that today. <laughs> I want to, I want to stay kind of away from it, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, yeah. I'm excited to catch up with her. Yeah. It was fun to catch up with you too. Awesome. Awesome talking to you. Thanks for coming to the studio. Yeah, it's great. In here. Brought me a t-shirt and like the coolest hat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm we, wearing that all the time now. Thank you. We just restocked on all the merch. So come buy a shirt, whatever. <laughs> Well, go to Redheaded Stranger. It's an amazing experience. It's a cool vibe in there. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's like it's like fun. It's kind of a it's kind of a diner. It's got some kitschy shit on the walls. Like you can watch them make tortillas. Like we got Christmas lights everywhere. It's sort of it's where I would want to go eat if I wasn't working there. You know, that's a great it's a great testament right there. This is where I'd want to go eat if I wasn't working there. And I love on the wall when you first walk in, there's like all the little drawings from previous specials you've had. Like are people have like drawn out like what the specials were. Yeah. yeah. I love that you've kept all of those. They're so the, good. Like I've, really had, I've had ideas to like turn it into a color coloring book kind of thing, but we'll see where we go with that. But um, it's been fun to sort of watch it evolve over the past couple of years. So. And I'm excited to have you sign my door. Yeah. It's going to be, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. People come in here and be like, wow, look at all these chefs that have been in here. This is really kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. So you get to sign right next to your boys from the Bad Luck Burger Club. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe we can have a burger off one of these days. Uh, oh. I heard a lot of talk about the best burger. It kind of got me going a little bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I, I think Shane Nasby would want to be in that too with Cletus. Yeah. And then I love the shout outs they give to Dream Burger and... Um, cabin addict mm -hmm. i hadn't heard of, of that one i haven't had it either so yeah. i'm like i gotta i guess i gotta go try it we went to hugh babies yesterday yeah. or no it was on sunday what day is today tuesday yes. yeah it was on sunday we went to hugh babies and that was a damn good burger burger and then on i think it was sunday saturday morning i, I actually went and i had my bad look burger for the first time nice it's good stuff right? it's legit yeah. like that was a damn good burger yeah yeah i love what they're doing so. they have a good vibe too yeah good dudes all right well hey here we are we're uh, now we're an hour and 20 minutes and i think we uh we finished the show every day you're very familiar with this we have the gordon food service final thought and it's your turn you're uh, you're say whatever you want as long as you want i don't know who you're talking to but people who would listen to this i guess i don't know who they are but if you're out there uh take us out um, man, you know, I, I know that you do this and I thought about it and I, I have nothing, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I would mostly say like, be kind to other people. Um, you know, go support your local businesses, go support novel at booksellers, come to Red at a stranger, go to butcher and be, um, and no matter where you go, don't ask me for any fucking chips. <laughs> I love it. There it is. Brian Lee Weaver. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Brandon. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. All right. Brian Lee Weaver, Chef Brian Lee Weaver. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. That was his fourth, fourth visit to the podcast. We did an individual episode with him a long time ago in 2020. 
And then he came on on our best of Nashville episode where he was the or he was Nashville scene best in Nashville best chef in Nashville. He came on that episode and then just a couple months ago he came on to talk about his favorite October 11th his his uh, visit to Audrey and now his in studio live such a kind kind person. I just love talking to him. He you kind of get caught up in all of your own shit. And then you talk to a guy like chef Brian Weaver, and you just kind of go, Hey man, just chill. Everything's good. Like everything's great. I love talking to him. Help center me. All these in all these interviews help center me. And, um, man, <sighs> thank you guys for listening. I know that, uh, there's a lot of competition for what goes into your ears. And, uh, I appreciate when you guys choose, this podcast. If you would, if you like this podcast, I'd love for you to share it. Like let somebody else know about it. Word of mouth is big time. We're trying to grow and uh, we're doing different things with this net checks bracket. We're going to have the pop-ups. We're doing uh, the book club. We got lots of fun things. Our goal is to help the community in Nashville, help support locally owned and operated restaurants so that we are here forever. That's what the Nashville Restaurant Alliance is going to be about. Lots and lots of fun things going on. So again, thank you for listening. Hope you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.